Hey, party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, finally free of head colds and con fatigue and able to do this intro comfortably. This week on the show, I am joined by professional wrestler Travis Huckabee for a game of Scarlet Heroes by Kevin Crawford. Scarlet Heroes is a hack of old-school classic Dungeons & Dragons for a single legendary protagonist. It is a game we've played before on the show. It is a game that I am a big fan of, and I think you're really going to dig this particular installment. Travis, as I mentioned, is a professional wrestler. In addition to a number of other wonderful promotions that he mentions on the episode that you can find via his Facebook page, linked in the show notes below, Travis wrestles primarily for Chikara Pro, a company that I've mentioned before on the show that is near and dear to my heart. Travis is the winner of the 2018 Johnny Kid Invitational, and this Saturday, that's September 22nd at 3 p.m. at the Wrestle Factory, that's 4711 Wingate Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, it has been announced that Travis will be challenging for the Grand Championship of Chikara. His opponent is none other than the old-timey King of Swing himself, interim champion, Dasher Hatfield. Have I mentioned that I really like Chikara? Because I really like Chikara. That promises to be an outstanding match. Travis and Dasher are both extremely talented, and I'm sure they're going to put on a heck of a match. So if you're in the Philadelphia area, you should absolutely head to the Wrestle Factory this Saturday for Chikara's It Came From Beneath the Sink. That is 3 p.m. at 4711 Wingate Street in Philadelphia to see Travis Huckabee challenge for the Grand Championship. It's going to be a great show. Now, before we dive in, I do have a very special, very big announcement that I'm so excited about. For the last year and a half, I have been writing a role-playing game that combines my love of shows like Archer, The Venture Brothers, The Sandbaggers, and Get Smart, as well as workplace comedies like The Office and Parks and Recreation. It is called Mission Accomplished. Mission Accomplished is a role-playing game of super spies and office meetings in which four to eight players take on the role of a team of super spies. You've just saved the world and killed the bad guys. You did it. You won. Congratulations. Except along the way, some things went very, very wrong, and Mission Control is very, very unhappy. They've called you into a tiny little office room to have a debriefing session with your coworkers to figure out who gets the credit for what went right and who gets the blame for what went wrong. By the end of the meeting, somebody's getting burned and somebody's getting a promotion. You know the one with the floor-to-ceiling windows and the company car and the company credit card? Yeah, that promotion. Gameplay is satirical, collaborative, and takes under two hours, including prep work. I'm really proud of this game, and I am unbelievably excited to announce to you that on October 16th, I am partnering with Third Act Publishing, makers of Reflection, Satanic Panic, Domino Magica, and more, to bring Mission Accomplished to Kickstarter. I'm really excited. I'm honestly really excited to get to say that out loud. I can't really put it into words how kind of overwhelming it is to be doing this, but... You're going to hear a lot more about that in the coming weeks, but for now, I just hope that you'll mark your calendars for October 16th when the Kickstarter for Mission Accomplished, the role-playing game of Super Spies and Office Meetings, goes live. You'll back it. You'll help make the game a reality. I think you're going to love it. It's a game that I'm really, really proud of. But enough about that right now. For now, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Travis Huckabee. Travis, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is going to be interesting. It is going to be extremely interesting. I could not be more excited. Um, Real quick, at the top of the show, though, why don't you take a moment to let the lovely listeners at home know about anything that you've got going on, anything you might want them to know about, that sort of thing. Well, I think you'll probably touch on this uh, in your intro. Mm -hmm. I am a professional wrestler. I train at a company called Chikara Pro. We uh, regularly are putting on shows at the Russell Factory. Uh, depending on when we release this, uh, you'll see me with a handful of other places beyond Wrestling Excellence, Woods Creek Pro, you can find all my information, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Travis underscore Huckabee, I've got a Facebook page, you can like me there, I'll regularly put up matches of mine, any upcoming, uh, events that I have going on, so follow me, like me etc. Keep up to date. Perfect. Um, so this week we are playing Scarlet Heroes. It is Dungeons and Dragons, classic old school Dungeons and Dragons, but like retrofitted for a single legendary protagonist. So why don't you take a moment and introduce us to our legendary protagonist this week? I don't think we ever gave him a name. I don't think we did. We did not. That was the one thing I I, I saw you write a thing down and thought you wrote down a name. No, I did not. Um... 
Uh, this is also my reminder that this is a heavily edited podcast, so <laughs> feel free to take a second take. <laughs> uh, what would be a good name for him? What's a good name? Because there's a cat in front of me, and this is what I'm thinking about, I'll name my my character after my cat. Perfect. Uh, so my fighter's name is Goose. Goose. Goose is a good name. That's a good cat name and, like, a good hero name. Yeah, Ask me why we named him Goose. Why'd you name him Goose? Because we had two cats, and my mom was really indecisive about what we wanted to name him, so she was thinking of things that were gray. It's like, oh, we can name him Gray Goose? That's you mean, like, the vodka? That's so good. Why don't you tell us about your legendary protagonist this week? <laughs> my character is a half-orc fighter named Goose. Rolled surprisingly well in strength and constitution. You did. You did roll well. And our Patreon backers can hear those rolls. <laughs> yes, with the tiny dice. As far as his background, he uh, grew up, he was a half-orc, so he was kind of shunned by the humans for not being a human, and shunned by the orcs for not being an orc. So naturally, he was picked on a lot as a kid, and mm-hmm. that kind of... Put him in a lot of fights, so as he grew older, he uh, decided to take that talent and put it to use and became a bit of a prize fighter, fighting mm. for his own livelihood. And fun little thing that came up in the role, he's strikingly attractive. He's a handsome man. So despite he's a handsome all, man. So I'm picturing that he got some of those really rugged sort of features, yep. like... Maybe he's got a broken nose, oh, yeah. but it just makes him in look that, a like, more... In that kind of, like, stylish way where you're like, oh, man, what what has that to happen? And yeah, kinda... yeah, he got a couple couple really cool scars. Oh, he's probably got the eyebrow scar that looks... Yeah. What, what looks, that looks so good. That's a good look. Yeah, so that is Goose. Okay, um, so Goose. Um, so there is word. The word, like, the world... Our story begins... With the Hyperion Fragment, an artifact of ancient power, the last, what is said to be, like, the last missing artifact of the Demon Wars. It has been supposedly found in some ancient old catacombs miles away from anywhere. We open with you on the hunt for this this artifact. No one quite knows what it is, no one quite knows what it does, all anyone knows is that it's powerful. It has, it has been found, it was not, it was missing for ages, and it's in these catacombs. Why are you looking for the Hyperion Fragment? Well, I think Goose has heard word of this, and he's getting, he's getting up there in years, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's not as young and as smart Oh, he's, he's he a grizzled to... veteran, alright, I love he's that. A, he's a grizzled young vet. Okay. Uh, nod to anyone who gets that reference. Uh, but you know, he doesn't want to do this forever, and I think his thinking is that if he finds this thing, he can get some wealth, he can get some fortune, and ultimately just be left alone. Once he gets that money, he doesn't have to fight anymore, he can go and, uh, live in peace. What does he want to do? What does he want to do when he retires? What's your, what's, what's your, what's your dream plan for when all of this is over and you've sold the fragment I think Goose is very much of the type where he wants to go and live in the woods and not okay. have to be bothered by people. I love it. He's got all the money to buy a nice house. He can buy anything he mm-hmm. needs, find his nice cabin by a lake somewhere. Yeah, all right. Cool. So, yeah, this will this will definitely, like, this will give you not only the money to, like, just settle wherever you want, but also kind of the power. And, like, no one will come looking for you if you are the person that unearthed this fragment. Convenient. Yeah, like, you find this, you have your happy ending. Mm -hmm. Um, So let me ask you a follow-up question. How are you, like, tracking down the leads to figure out where these catacombs are? Are you you roughing people up? Or do you have contacts that you're tapping? Are you, uh, are are you just hoping that people will come to your rugged good looks? (laughs) Well, looking at my, looking at some of these stats, I don't know about his ability to track these down. I think he's kind of going town to town, you know, getting into, snooping around the mm-hmm. bars, getting into 
getting into a few fights All here right. and there, trying to hunt it down. So, yeah, so we're going to make this our first challenge roll, um, which reminds me, this is an off-mic part, we forgot to put points on your uh, on your backgrounds. You have four points to put among your backgrounds in any number that you want. Uh, they can be anywhere from zero to two. So... Or three, I think, is the starting number. So explain that to me again. Sure. Uh, for each of your backgrounds, you're going to list that you have four points to spread among them. Okay. You can list them. You can put you can put as many points as you want, up to three, or as few as... It's supposed to be one per thing, but I think with four backgrounds, you would put one in each. So if you want to put one at two and just put one at zero, you can also do that. Uh, I'll just do one in each. All right, perfect. So this is going to be our first challenge roll. Uh, how challenge rolls work in Scarlet Heroes is you're <clears throat> going to roll two eight-sided dice. You're going to add those together, add one of your stat bonuses and one of your skill totals. Okay. So you're going to pick the background that you're using. It kind of sounds to me like you're using, like you're, you're, like you're using your reputation and skills as a prize fighter. Yeah. Or, or could be your your walks to worlds ability as you're kind of like blending it. Either one of those would work. And since they're both plus one, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> um, either, either one. And since it sounds, since you're you're describing kind of getting into scuffs and like you know settling things that way, I'll say you can add your strength bonus to All this. Right. The number you want to get is an 11. So 4, so that's a 10, plus 1, so 13, I believe? Yes, you got a 13. All right, that is a success. Nice. You have, so, you're in a bar, right? You are, you are, you are just wrapping up a, like, back alley bare knuckle match. There is somebody bleeding against the fantasy equivalent of a dumpster, and they have told you that... They know, like, that there is a caravan headed to, there is a caravan headed to the Marmosa family mausoleum, a family of old, sort of just rich people. Like, they were sort of dilettantes in that they went places and took things that weren't theirs. Jerks. Yeah, basically just rich jerks. Their family mausoleum supposedly... One of the many things that they insisted be buried with them, because again, rich jerks, was this, was an art, an artifact that as it turns out is this thing. Oh. And there is, uh, one of the Marmosa family just kicked the bucket. And there's a funeral caravan headed that way, like from this town, from the town that you're in, tomorrow morning. If you can get in on that caravan, you can just basically go right there. They will basically just take you to the to supposedly the hiding place of this artifact. Alright. So, um, how do you plan on getting into that caravan? Are you going to sneak? Are you going to hide? Are you going to replace, quote-unquote, uh, one of the security guards that you know they have because they're this is the dead body of a rich old jerk? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think using my renown, mm -hmm. I could just walk up. I was like, hey, these guys are jokes. Like, I could do a better job than half these security guys. Yeah. And I think I want to fight them for it. Okay. I think oh, I'll that's good. I think I'll prove them. Uh, I will prove my ability by taking out two of their, uh, their chump security guards. All right. I'm going to ask you for a challenge. As you challenge, as you challenge two of them, I'm going to ask you for uh, a, a roll. To see if more of them don't get involved. <laughs> but I'm strikingly attractive. I know, I know. And that's going to be the skill that you're going to use, but you're also going to use your charisma because you're talking trash. <laughs> so that'll just be a zero. That's going to be a flat roll. You're going to roll your 2d8. You also want to get, you want to once again get an 11. <laughs> I will love it. I want to see this. That's a 10. All right. So uh, what happens is basically the captain of these bodyguards steps up and says, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, we're e we're all equals here, and you can tell that, like, they're not all equals. <laughs> but, like, he steps up, we're all equals here. You, you fight one of us, you fight all of us. And it sounds like, and he snaps his finger, and they all kind of stand up and start cracking their fists. All right. Sounds like you want to fight all of us. All right. Bring it. So we begin our combat with these four uh, would-be bodyguards. All right. Okay, so the first thing you're going to do is you are going to roll your fray dice. 
this is an automatic amount of damage that you do to a number of enemies, basically being that you are a legendary hero and they are not. Beast mode. Yeah, basically. So just one of them? Yeah, you're going to roll 1d8. Eight. Eight, okay. You described how you immediately take out two of these four, these four, uh... These four mooks that run at you, right? Two of them run at you. How do you take them down? So the guy runs at me. Mm -hmm. I think I just headbutt him square in the Mm -hmm. chest. He just, like, clutches, like, the wind. You hear the wind go out of him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he just... So as he's doubled over, I grab him around the waist and just throw him into the other guy. Perfect. And and he just, like... Goes Extra- rolling backwards. Yeah, comedically yep. rolling backwards, head over butt, and then uh, a good like ten feet. Yeah, and then so the other two stop and just look, and like the the bodyguard captain starts like gesturing his hand like go, I, you, I got one more go. go. Uh, so maybe, is it one more or two more? Uh, there's two more. There's the captain and there's one more of his like henchmen. Okay. So now you're going to make your attack roll. Like, that was just auto- the fact that these were just below you, so you just automatically clear through them. So what's going to happen now is you're going to roll a 20-sided dice. You're going to add your attack bonus and your strength bonus. That's a three. Three's not a good, not a great number. It- so I think that's a six. All right. Okay. A 20 does not, or a, I'm sorry. You, you want the, the goal is um, you're always going to add your stat bonus, your attack bonus, and the enemy's armor class, which is for our bandit or for our bodyguard captain a seven. So that is a 10, 12. So that does not hit. So you uh, basically, basically the other guard like runs at you and just kind of dodges like you describe to me how you don't hit how you you don't take down this other guard. So I think I'm very I'm very proud of what I just did, throwing mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally barreling the one into the other. And as I go to as I very boastfully turn to confront the next one, I slip on mm-hmm. the first guy's shoe or something yeah, like yeah. that. Just kinda and s- just fall on my you slip face. over a pool of his blood. It's yeah, just kind of yeah, pooling. Something with you the... just catch, like your footing is just off. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he's going to run at you. Plus one. It's a five. A five, I'm assuming five plus your armor class does not make more than twenty. Armor class is six. Yeah, so. perfect. So that is not so he he kind of like runs at you and he pulls out basically like a blackjack to kind of like club you in the head. And also stumbles. There's, like, more blood than there should be is starting to pool, and the two of you are both kind of just, like, slip and sliding. I, I As the picture- bodyguard captain just stands there, like, okay. See, you and I are the same mind. I'm picturing him just sitting there, like, skeletal. You yep. bumbling idiots! Just head, just fingers on the bridge of his nose, like, alright, that's fine. Just do, do your... So he's not even going to take an action here. He's, so roll your fray dice again. To see if you, as long as you don't roll a one, you take out the other, uh, the other bodyguard. All right. But the bandit captain. Or, a two. Perfect. Describe taking out the guard that just ran at you with a blackjack. You do not take out the, the, the bodyguard captain, though. So, as I'm getting up, uh, as I'm getting up, I trip over the guy who mm-hmm. just tripped over me. Yep. Except as I'm falling down, as I'm tripping over him, I land, like, right on his head. Mm. I think I just knock him out. Yep. Yep. Head into the ground. So looks real bad. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting there. I'm quite literally sitting on the back of his head, and he's just bond-darted face first into the ground. I'm sitting there just like, what in the world's going on? So, uh, make your attack roll as you try to take, as you, as, as the, the, the captain of the bodyguards is now like, okay, all right, and he grabs basically a crowbar and is like, all right, let's, let's do this now. <laughs> oh, you got a 19. That is... Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So you're going to now roll your damage, which is also a D8. Four. Four? I think you might take him out. So there's a, so there's a damage chart. It doesn't quite translate. 
so as to make it so that you de- uh, you half not you knock him half unconscious. He is staggered. He's not out yet though. Okay. And because he has two hit points instead of one hit point, like the other guys, you cannot use your fray dice to take him out. So he basically like, what do you what do you do to him to knock him, not out, but pretty bad. So I'm picturing that he's still looking at me like mm-hmm. I'm a giant idiot mm-hmm. after slipping over and knocking one of his guys unconscious. So I think he's kind of taking it lightly. He's like, oh, who is this Joker? Yeah. Uh, except uh, I kind of capitalize on that mm-hmm. as he's, come on, like, come on, you joke. As he's, like, taunting me, I just give him a straight uppercut. Beautiful. Him right in the jaw. He kind of, like, staggers back, I think he, and he staggers back, and he basically takes his, his crowbar and, like, batters up, and does not hit. He rolls an 11, which, all things considered, does not hit 20, so he basically, like, swings, and I'm gonna say, I think you catch it. Because I think what happens. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Because that is cool. <laughs> that is cool. And you kind of just throw it aside, basically. You, like, brush it aside, and he still has it in his hand, but you're just, nope. No, I'm good. So what do you make what make your next attack roll? Tell me what tell me how you tell me how you take this guy down. That is another nineteen. <laughs> okay. Uh do I need to roll the damage? Yeah, roll your roll your damage. As long as you don't roll a one, you take him out. Eight, per- eight. good. You overkill this man. <laughs> Alright, so I take his crowbar, I throw it away, I uh I pull out my weapon, which I don't know if we ever we haven't said it on air yet. What is your what is your signature your signature fighter's weapon? I'm picturing something really really just basic, mm-hmm. like roughly the size of a baseball bat. Yep. Maybe a club. Maybe like something with spikes on it. Mm-hmm. Maybe something metal. I kind of like the idea of he just found like this metal piece yeah. of like a I don't know. Like a cart? Yep. And something? Basically just like an axle. Or like a like giant this. tool or like an axe yeah. handle, something. So I pull that out and... Uh, God, there's I'm definitely a moment... For- there's definitely a moment where, like, you pull it out and if it's just like an axe handle or an axle or something, the bodyguard captain's like, what are you gonna do with that piece of junk? <laughs> so as he's saying that piece of junk, mm-hmm. I'm swinging for the fences... A uh, giant baseball line drive. I knock his head clear off his shoulders and into next week. Oh, beautiful. And yeah, he goes down hard. And now there's like a crowd that is gathered around, including like several mourning like funeral goers who are wearing, despite being like black funeral attire, are still kind of like Met Gala-ing it up where it's all just like fancy and over elaborate. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, well, we were not going out there without bodyguards. Have you seen it out there? There are wolves. Oh, how how convenient, because uh, I think if this demonstration proves anything, it's that I am a more than capable bodyguard. I suppose that is the case. I, and, I mean... And better, have- better yet is that you were going to hire these four people. You can only... You can pay me... Uh, three of their salaries. So you're even saving money. Perfect. We'll pay you, we'll pay, we won't pay you the captain's salary. That seems fair. Bunch of rich jerks. Yeah. I, I think I even say that under my breath. <laughs> my word. Oh. Mon- Monocle falls into a wine glass, even though it's like 8.30 in the morning. Oh, I said, happy to work for you. That's what I heard, and then picks the monocle back up, sips some wine off of it, puts it back on his eye. Um, and they kind of, yeah, they, they sort of are like, all right, great, there's the, there's our, our caravan, our carriage. Uh, you're going to sit in the front with the, with the, the, the driver. Uh, if anything happens, we trust you to protect us. Um, okay, wonderful. Uh, what is your name? It doesn't matter. Um, it's fine. Great, and I, I'm not going to remember it anyway. Don't even. It's better that you just don't worry about it. And so, yeah, you have earned yourself a bodyguard's position uh, in this caravan, which means you have easy passage to this mausoleum. And you know, the, like the ceremony goes on forever because they're like all of his great deeds, all of mm-hmm. the wonderful achievements of not only of not only 
Hanfirth, but also the entire Marmosa family. It's just hours and hours of talking and you know, well, you're getting be beverages on hand. You're getting the sense that like half of the stories they tell you are actually just like real just bad things. They're like, "Oh yes, well the, when when confronted by by accusations of financial wrongdoing and you're like, "Are they are they claiming embezzlement as a good thing?" So you listen to this for several hours. There are there are beverages, but none of them are like alcoholic. It's just kind of weak punch. <sighs> You're on the road. They take you. You you arrive at the, uh... You arrive at the mausoleum. And it is... Ornate. Overly ornate. Pointlessly ornate, right? And now is your chance. I mean, the, the, you know, they they pull the cart aside. And you see these large, kind of looming statues. Clockwork things. You can hear, like, the gears kind of clicking and Mm -hmm. whirring. And you get the sense that one of the, any one of these things could be a fearsome uh, thing to have to deal with if you are not welcome in the tomb. And so they kind of like, all right, great. Uh, your name, I didn't learn your name. It's don't tell me. But uh, you're going to stand here for several hours. And they kind of give you basically like the next 12 hours of your day. So you could uh, tough it out. Stand here for 12 hours. Be casually disrespected by a bunch of rich old people. Or try to sneak by one of these uh, tomb guardians. I feel like you're trying to persuade me here. Either one's fine by me. Like uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a skill challenge either way. It's just one of them is going to be a skill challenge to not get bored and lash out, and the other one is to sneak by this thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with try to sneak by the thing. All right, give me a. Uh, we're gonna call this an dexter or an agility roll, dexterity or agility. So you're gonna roll your two d eight plus your agility score plus if one of your skills you think works for this, you can add that as well. Yeah, I don't know if any of those will work. All right, so you're gonna roll two d eight plus one. That's another eight. 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 Plus one. That'll be nine. Uh, a nine is not enough to sneak by this thing. It is enough to get by, like, it is enough to slip away from the crowd that's not looking at you. And you make your way into the tomb and it is, all of it's like polished bronze. So it's not enough to look like dazzlingly beautiful, but like it's enough to be like, oh wow, somebody put a lot of work into this. Someone put way more work than ever needed to. Yeah, exactly. And so you're, you're moving through these tombs, you see like coffins... And from behind you, you hear tick, tick, tick. That's and either a bomb or there's something behind. And you know that shadow, like that shadow. We you get that great, like shoulders up shot of just your outline and just the thing rising behind you. And you're like, oh, I don't think I snuck well enough. So I. So what like, do you do? I crack my knuckles first. All right. Ah. Uh, my neck actually just got stuck. <laughs> Alright. Uh, crack my knuckles, take a sip of that weak punch. Mm-hmm. Say something really I cool. Like that you took an, I like that you took the cup of weak punch into the tomb. I like yeah. that, you, that you weren't like... You well, weren't I wasn't like, going to sit there for 12 hours with nothing. That's fair. No, that's perfectly fair. It actually is probably a little... It's actually a little better when it warms up. You know, the ice gets a chance to kind of melt yeah, a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not as bad now. All right, so yeah, um, I'm going to start the combat. I'm going to start this combat uh, by making an attack on you, as it is behind you, and basically with these just these big like sculpted fists that like are I think they're sculpted specifically in like the shape of a door handle, so that they can kind of like open the door or kind of slam down. They're real. They're real obnoxious about. You can tell rich people thought of that. Uh, This is a. I got a fourteen total. Your armor class is six. Yes. All right, that hits. So I'm gonna roll a d6. That is four. So take one damage as this thing basically just like knocks you off your feet and into a wall, and like one of the coffins falls down, and like it you know cracks a little bit. And what do you what do you do in response? Uh. I think I take that coffin that just fell mm-hmm. down, 
you know, corpse and all and throw it at That's the giant. Very good. Okay. So what I'm gonna say giant here centurion. What I'm gonna say here is yeah, make your make your uh make your attack roll and take a I'm gonna say don't add your strength bonus, because this is a very heavy object. But if you hit, you deal an extra two damage. Oh, nice. So is a 20 in? Yeah, so tw- yeah, roll that d20. 10? 10. 10 plus your attack bonus is 11. Uh, that does hit. Nice. Yeah, you basically smash this thing and you, you grab it and like hurl it, like discus throw it. All right. And it crushes it into a wall. <laughs> and like the thing, like basically you hear like tick, 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 and it just stops going. And you see its shoulders slump as it just, you know, br- cracks in half and like half of its torso just falls. Uh, I got to say something really cool here. Uh, I don't know. What would be something very, uh, them's the brakes. I was thinking your clock just struck midnight. Clock just struck midnight is also very something, good. Yeah, that's very like good. That. It's the great one-liner. Yep, that's very good. That's a good one-liner. Uh, yeah, and so you know, you hear this this thing break, and there's <sighs> a, there's a commotion outside, but you are kind of alone in this sort of long winding, and the mausoleum like underground <laughs> is so much larger than it seemed, and it seemed pretty needlessly large outside. <laughs> of course. So you're kind of just wandering these hallways. Make me a a skill roll to sort of like navigate. So which one of these? Uh, it's gonna be two d eight plus uh, one of your skills plus one of your stats. I'll let you choose both of which. All right, so two d eight. Oh, that's beautiful. That's Twelve plus one for which what which of your skills is gonna help you here? I would love for strikingly attractive to be able to help me somehow. I don't know how. And you know what? I actually can justify that. Um, can you? I can. So yeah. All right. Good. So actually, with that, you hit you hit thirteen, which is challenging. Um, and then do I need one of my stats as well? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Look, say agility. That's probably good because sure. you're like sneaking. Sure. Okay. Because what I want to happen here is like we said that there's a bunch of like artifacts and stuff in mm-hmm. this old tomb. <clears throat> I think what happens is, like, you pass by a mirror, and there's, like, a ghost in the mirror. Like, it's one of those, like, (laughs) fantasy fairy tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, they, like, extend their hand and, like, brush your cheek, and you feel it. You feel that, like, chill in your bones. Down your spine. Yeah, but, like, they gesture their hand and just, like, torches light, right? Like, it's just this weird experience... Of like they guide you on their on the way towards this thing. You approach, you know, you now you go down this hallway, you go down these stairs deeper, deeper, and it starts to like blur between like mausoleum and natural caves. Like they were like, well, this is fine. We'll just we'll free, just gild it. Free tunnel. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's that's so much worse than what I had in mind. Let's like, just take the natural the natural cave and just. Cover it in bronze. Cover it in, like, bronze... And it's... I think it's bronze leaf. Yeah, <laughs> So, like, yeah. you're walking by, and, like, you, you kind of, like, scrape up against a wall, and it peels, <laughs> and you're like, oh, what? Ah, uh, that's not so even trashy. Like, it's so trashy. <laughs> yeah, so you navigate this, and you find yourself in these, like, gilded natural caves. And then suddenly you, like... You hear this, like, skittering noise all around you. And there is just, you know, you hear this rattling of pebbles, right? This sort of unnatural sort of movement, but it sounds like stones scraping together. And you're not quite sure how to take it at first. But you find yourself, like, surrounded by not quite a person, but not quite the cave. Basically, like, an earth elemental. But, like, a person, but with craggly skin and, like, bone, like, uh, not bone spur, but, like, stone shards, like, jutting out. Hey, Aunt Carol. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the old cave spirit of Aunt Carol, who is not happy about being buried in the gilded cave. Oh, that's actually better than, like, I, I was... Just use bronze gold? Bronze leaf? Bronze Sheesh. leaf? That's really, that's the best you're gonna give me? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Oh, so what happens is, yeah, you see Aunt Carol, right? Bone skin, semi-translucent, and then you hear, Can you believe they just used bronze leaf? I specifically asked for emerald, and then from, from somewhere down the cave a little bit, you hear, I told them if they put me in this cave, and now you see uh, Uncle Mortimer... Oh, and the two of them are, like, swirling together into a double ghost. Oh, no. It is semi-translucent, and the two of them are just this irritated old couple, like, reaching out and basically being like, you're gonna take us out of here. We're like, you're going to save us. <sighs> like, But they're not attacking you yet. They're currently just sort of swirling around you and, like, complaining to you. What do you do? Can I make a deal with them if they help me find the Hyperion gimmick? Yeah. I'll help them out. You sure can. Uh, make me a skill roll. That's going to be plus uh, be with your charisma and one of your skills. I think strikingly a handsome would work for that. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Prize fighter would probably also work for that. So yeah, make me a... That's going to be a flat 2d8. I'm going to also roll... It's a nine. I got a six. I got an eight. I got a six plus a two skill bonus, so eight. So, um, make the deal and make the deal and they will accept it as they're just, and like, they're just the whole time. So make your deal as the whole time they are just complaining behind you. So, uh... I just can't even believe that they would just... Okay, okay, so I, uh... I'm looking for this Did thing, and if, uh, it was look, I think we could help each I other. If like you could help me find this, this item funny. of whatever, I will get you out of here. I will bring you up to your, your living relatives who, uh, you are obviously still upset with, and you can give them... I do like the sound of that. I, you know, it would really just be nice for them to hear this. Yeah, yeah, naturally. They, they did not listen to what you said, and they need to be. I just think that they need. We need to have a talk about this. We just have feedback. So help me find the thing, and I will bring you to your. You know, are you looking for that? You're looking for the Hyperion gimmick. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, Here's look. We told them. That they were gonna, they said they were gonna bury us in a special slot. They put us in a. This is basically just a warehouse. I mean, no. you, you passed the haunted mirror. That's not a family member. That's just the thing that they stole. They went to a witch's castle and they stole, they stole they it. They stole a mirror. They stole a mirror and put it in your tomb. They put it in our tomb. This is unbelievable. All right, you know what? Yeah, we're we're gonna do this. You, the three of us, the three of us are gonna do this. And so, yeah, like, suddenly the entire cave is rattling and, like, Bronze Leaf is falling as these spirits just get angrier and angrier and get, like, That's and you feel it. Bronze Leaf. Right? It's just not, it's, the whole thing is just shoddy. And they're basically like, look, we'll show, and, like, box, like, suddenly, like, you start to see boxes, like, lit by unearthly magic and they just start to, like, burst open. And they're like, they're gonna bury us in a closet? That is unacceptable. That is unacceptable. And so, yeah, like, the, you know, boxes are bursting all around you, and suddenly, in a glass case at the end of this hallway, uh, there is a tiny obsidian box in, like, a glass display case, and, like, it's rattling, and all the other boxes are breaking, and it's just rattling silently rattling, right? Like, it's you see it moving, but there's no sound, and they're just, like, getting angry and angry, and they're like, we can't break it. We tried. We gave it our best, but, um, you're looking for it. That's probably it. It's the thing that we couldn't break. Yeah, we couldn't break it, so that's probably, that's probably <laughs> right, right? Like, that's probably the best that you're gonna, that's probably pretty good. And so, yeah, they, they have presented to you with what is presumably... This fragment, this object, this power, this source of power, it is just behind this glass. What do you do? 
Uh, is there any chance this thing is booby-trapped? Uh, you can check it for traps by rolling a skill challenge roll using your, uh, intelligence. Oh, I'm... Or, actually, use your wisdom. This is a wisdom thing. This is a perception-y thing. (laughs) Slightly better. And I would call this probably... I would call this probably walks into a world. So this this is sort of a... Okay. Outsider-y thing to check for. The eights again? Yeah. You want to get an eleven. Oh, beautiful. 13. So not only do you find out the answer to this, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you ask two questions. These are these are out of these can be out of character questions that I as GM will answer honestly. Okay. Um. So what you find is that like you basically lift up the glass and it opens silently. It is dead quiet. You know you you feel you feel it you feel it creak, but it makes no noise. You reach for the box. You examine it. There are no traps. But you feel, like, a pulse, right? Like, you feel something inside, and suddenly, in the, in the right, right at the base of your skull, you feel, like, a scratching. And you kind of feel it, like, wrapping around, like, something around your throat is just wrapping itself. And it's just, it's not a, like, it's not a spirit, because you've been around spirits. You've been around <laughs> these incessantly talking spirits. And I would point out, they have not stopped talking. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, like, you've been you've been around spirits, you know that, you've been around, mo- you've seen a, a monster or two in your day, you know that. This is something otherworldly that is just, like, ex- that is trying to get out of this box, presumably through the, the, the fragment, whatever that is. Uh, the box is about, I should say, the box is about, like... It's a bread box. Yeah, it's about a bread box. And it weighs about ten, you know, you're feeling it, it's about ten pounds. Okay. Uh, hmm. What would be something good to ask here? What do you want to Maybe learn about this I... thing before you encounter whatever is powering it? I think ideally I'd want to know what is uh, what is powering it, what is causing it. So, like I said, this is, there is something, you know, what you know about this was that there were the demon wars, which were things across, all, you know, your world and all other worlds. It was a multiversal event in which these supernatural demons were basically, like, basically tried to take over all of reality and were put down. Okay. Supposedly, they have been long wiped out, but, you know, this was an artifact of great power. You don't know from which side of the Demon Wars. You don't know who, like, what power it is, but you're starting to get the sense holding it that, like, whoever used it or whoever crafted it basically wound up within this artifact and directly engaging it will bring them to the surface. Hmm. And that presumably their presence is the source of this thing's great power. If there's a way I could remove it from the tomb and find a way to open or do whatever to it, not in a cheaply gilded cave? Yes, you could actually, um, what I'll say is... Because yeah, because the that because you asked that question and because you you figured this figured out what is within this thing to an extent, you could take this box and you know you have these ghosts that will distract these rich people. You could take this box wherever you feel most comfortable, like engaging it. Okay, and could even you know you know it'll give you time. You can like heal up. You can heal up your injuries. You can basically pick where you are going to encounter this thing. All right. So where do you take it? Hmm. I think I'd have to take it to somewhere without anybody around. Somewhere I could be alone. So I think I'd take it out to a out to a clearing where there's nothing for me to get thrown into. Nice even spacing. Mm-hmm. Make sure I have all my equipment and everything set. Yeah. You've got your, you've got your gear, you've got your weapons, you've got your, you're armored up. You are ready. You open the, you open the box. It is a, a big open field, you know, deep in a forest that no one really goes to. It's out of the way. 
Meanwhile, the funeral service is still going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You you basically come out with this box and just beeline out, beeline down this road, and the ghosts just follow you, and you just hear pandemonium behind you. You know, there's screaming, and there's arguments. It's the, the, the terror at the living dead is very quickly, like, consumed by just old bitter family rivalry arguments and you're like oh uh, that is that might actually be worse i am leaving yeah yeah so yeah you're in this large you're in like a rock quarry we'll say all right it's like you know basically as out of the way as you can get there's Mm -hmm. no one you've, you've you've searched it there's no one for a good mile how do you open the box and you just tear it open with your hands do you poke at it with a with a 10 foot pole i think i'd find a giant stick and poke at it first See if it does anything. So you you flip it with the with the giant stick, right? Yeah, yeah. And you kinda like toss the stick aside. And what happens is you see what you assume is the fragment. It is like a wristband, kind of. But it's like golden with inlay like inlaid jewels. And like around this thing, basically it, it ho- hovers in the air and more of this gold, and, like, it's sort of flesh-like, but gold-like, a body sort of forms. And it is a it is a demon, but also the last of the demons. Or at least, to your knowledge, at least on this plane. You know, it forms, it's got its wings, and it's got its claws, and its teeth. And it just, like, pauses and says, like, Who has granted Chainbreaker... My freedom. Show yourself. Uh, I poke it with a stick. Mm. Ow, ow, stop. Alright, I... Make me a roll. I'm going to ask you to make me a roll for this, actually. Make me me a skill roll. Uh, Use your... I'm going to say... I'm going to say your... Definitely your strength. Um, Probably call this prize fighting. (laughs) Or maybe not. Maybe just give me me a strength roll. (laughs) You want to get a... Uh, where am I at? There we go. Eight. Alright, yeah, yes. Yeah. I was gonna give you... two. I was gonna give you an advantage here, but, yeah, you're poking at this thing. Um, you're poking at this thing, and basically, like, you just... Stop it! Stop, stop poking... Uh, and he, like, charge... He, like, grabs the stick and throws you aside and breaks the stick. Okay, I guess chosen, he's solid. You have chosen to annoy... A demon prince <laughs> with your with your foolish games. Choose the manner of our choose the manner of your demise. Choose how I will be pulling you limb from limb. <laughs> hmm. As he says, as he's kind of gloating, what do you do? As he's gloating, kind of walking towards you and being like, choose your choose your execution. I will be gracious in this, despite your disrespect to a demon prince. It's like, alright. No, uh, no sticks. You're you're not about the sticks. I I take my weapon. I toss it mm-hmm. aside. I roll up my sleeves. I want to do this. I want to do this old school style. Yeah. I want to go hand in hand. And he stops and he goes. I kind of just like give him one of these. <laughs> Your arrogance is charming, mortal. I am almost almost impressed. And he takes his hand. And he puts it behind, and he offers up the second one. And he's like, "Come, come, let us let us do this. If we're going to fight, we fight." And he offers you his hand. He offers you his hand in a grappling position, and our fight is underway. So, what I would like to do is, yeah. as I grab his hand, mm-hmm. I pull him in and headbutt him in the face. Good. Break me that. Make me that attack roll. Uh, that's gonna be your d twenty roll. Oh, Oops. plus your attack bonus, plus your strength. 15, 15 16. Plus, plus 2 strength, and the attack bonus is 1, so, that, so 18. Uh, I'm going to say that hits. I'm going to say that hits this time as you catch him off guard. <laughs> it will not hit next time. Uh, roll me a D, roll me your D8 of damage. 4. 4, alright. Yeah, you slam him. You slam him in the chest, and he kind of staggers back. No, I wanted to get him in the face. Oh yeah, you, okay, yeah. Then you definitely like you crush his nose. Yeah, and like you didn't really realize that his nose was a thing that could be crushed. But he's like, ah. and I'm super proud about that. 
Oh, as you should be. And he kind of staggers back and kind of like, <laughs> you continue to surprise me. I actually, I actually rather like you. I'm going to murder you now, but I actually kind of like you. Uh, he definitely hits you twice <laughs> as I rolled a 13 and an 18 and he has a plus eight attack. <laughs> so he is going to deal you shoot. He does you three damage. As he just tears into you, like, and just starts, like, I think he just starts, like, potatoing you in the head as he just kind of, like, just starts punching you. He's like, I kind of actually like you. I kind of actually like this a little bit. How do you, what do you do? Hmm. As he's wailing on me, I catch his arm. Mm -hmm. I catch his other arm. And then I just throw him over my shoulders. Oh, so good. That's really good. All and right. If he can land on his head, all the better. Give me, give me that roll. I just suplex him. Thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, Am I adding anything to that? Yes. Add your strength and your attack. All right. So sixteen. Uh, I'll give you. I'll. So I, I will say that you don't hit him, but you leave him uh, prone, so he's not able to attack in this next round. He clamors to his feet. Make your next attack roll as he kind of, like, as he's off balance now. You caught him, he's off balance. 19. Oh, that definitely hits. Roll your damage. Three. Three? Okay. He is staggered back. And he's going to respond, like, I think he responds by trying to grab you in a bear hug and, like, belly to belly you. Oh, man. Uh, but he does not, how do you break... How do you, what do you do? He's got you in the bear hug. He's not able to belly to belly you. How do you get, what's, what's your next move? So I just box his ears. I get out of it. Good. Uh, I get that separation and then I take a few steps back and then come charging in giant drop kick. Beautiful. All right. Roll me that attack. Six. That does not hit. I'm gonna say he grabs you. I'm gonna say he grabs you by the feet and like giant swings you, and then oh, just man. lets go and like slingshots you. Oh boy! Uh, but that does not hit. He does not hit. So how do you roll through? How do you roll so through? I, What's your so next I'm move? You roll through? As I'm drop kicking him, he catches my mm -hmm. legs, goes to swing me. But as he swings me, I'm able to adjust an mm -hmm. air and land on my feet. Just. Brush the dust off my shoulder. Beautiful move, mortal. <laughs> I brush the dirt off my shoulders and just give him another come on. Mm. Good. Make me a challenge. I'm going to say make me a challenge roll for that. Uh, that's going to be plus your prize fighter plus your... I'll call that constitution. So roll your 2d8 plus constitution plus one. That's nine plus, plus two plus one. 12, uh, yeah. 12 is a success. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say you actually, uh, you've, you've really, you've really quite impressed him with this, is what I'm gonna say. Uh, he kinda, like, stops for a second, and is like, you're truly impressive. I, I almost wish you had, that I didn't have to kill you. <laughs> and he- Do you really have to, though? He stops for a sec. He actually stops for a second, like, and he sits there. And he's like, "Do I have to?" You, he, you would. You're, you're the sort that would take credit for having broken a demon prince. So you can understand the position that I'm in. But frankly, do you want to say you got beat by a by a half orc? I don't want to say I got beat by anyone. But frankly, you got your nose broke by a half orc. I did get my nose broke. And he comes over and he puts a hand on your shoulder. He says, here's the thing, and just rakes you across the face. Ah! Oh, what a jerk! What a jerk. Take one damage. <laughs> he just... <laughs> I seriously do like you, but you should not have fallen for that. That was that was an amateur trick that I... Honestly, I expected better from you. All right, I kick him in the junk. Oh, my goodness. Okay, roll that, roll that d20. Add your strength and your attack bonus. Six. Uh, I'm going to say... Plus one. I'm going to say... Uh, how do I... I want to give you something for this because it's very good. I'm going to say he takes... Yeah, okay, I know what I'm going to do. You kick him in the junk. <clears throat> you kick him in the junk. You kick him right between the legs. He, like, lifts off the ground because, like, you're realizing as you're, like, fighting him and throwing him and hitting him that he doesn't quite have weight 
It's kind of this weird sense of oh, like he has wings too, doesn't he? Yeah, and he kind of like picks up and he starts flapping his wings and he's like, uh, he's like, did you just? This was fun. I am, and he just kind of like stops. You for just a second. raised me in the eyes. And he's, and he's, point taken, point taken, and he actually like flaps back and tries to like spear you, but he's off guard. So what I'm going to do is roll twice and take the worst result. What do you do? Is he like misses you because he's kind of flustered right now. <laughs> So he comes. He's he comes at you with a spear. Spe- yeah, I jump up and double stop his back. So good. All right, roll me that attack roll. Five. Um. Yeah. He basically, what I'm. All right. Here's what I'm going to say. Like, you jump up, you stomp him in the back. The two you land. You actually stomp him on the back, but like because he's on, like, wait, because you're trying to account for wings, you end up kind of in, like, a riding position, and the two of you crash into this quarry, you both take two damage. Where are you at health-wise? Uh, I've got five. Alright, good. Yeah, we're both, we're both nearly done. This is a good match. And he kind of, like, clamor, climbs up, and is just like, get, get off of me! And he kind of, like, throws you back, and... Just picks up, like, picks up a bunch of rocks and closes them in his hand and just goes for, like, a loaded punch and punch to the jaw. See, I want to do this no weapons. Yeah. Hey, he, what do you catch his hand? What do you do? <laughs> He's like, you had to know a demon was going to cheat. You had to know. I catch his hand. I peel the fist apart mm-hmm. and just... Oh, that's good. Yes, okay. Snap his thumb roll, and finger. Roll twice and take the higher result on your d20 roll. 11. 11. And also an 11. That's weird. Roll one more time. <laughs> 15. Okay, good. Yeah, Deal. Your, roll your damage. Roll your d8 of damage. 3. 3. Alright, yeah, you break, his, you break his finger off. Nice. Because it's, like, not quite... It's not quite real, and so, like, it comes off and it just crumbles into, like... Gold, like into just pure like gold rock. You know, like just do the bit where I just yep, and you blow it, and the dust hits his face. And actually, yeah, the the dust hits his face, and he's like, "All right, I'm not playing. I'm not playing anymore." And he just I thought you were done playing uh, five minutes ago. Yeah, he says, "I am done playing with you," and he grabs you by the neck and just choke slams you. And you're covered in, like, rock dust. Uh, covered in rock dust, take one damage. He's like, this, this, this ends. <laughs> and, like, he starts basically, like, lifting up rocks all around you with the intent of burying you alive in rocks. <laughs> it's like, we've had fun, but this has to end. I respect you. But I'm tired of this. <laughs> What do you do? <sighs> so he's picking this up with a broken hand. Yep. He's like, he's kind of just got a hand, he's got his like four-fingered hand raised, and there's just like rocks swirling around him, and he's kind of got a look in your eye like, I'm going to try and kill you, but I kind but he's got that look of like, I really hope he does something cool in response. Because <laughs> you've kind of got him at this weird point where he's like, I, I, he's having fun with this in a way that a demon shouldn't be having fun with it. <laughs> so he kind of, he's like, all right, how's he going to respond to this? Is this too much? <laughs> all right. So as he's standing above me, I shoot through his legs, jump up on his back and just Grab him. That's very grab good. Grab him around the All right. throat. Alright. Give me that uh gimme that that attack roll. Twenty. Twenty. Oh my goodness. Good. Excellent. <laughs> um roll me two D eight of damage. And describe actually just yeah, roll me two D eight of damage. You might you're more than describe Five, how you de- describe the finishing describe the finish of this battle. As he's as he's just cackling, <laughs> you lived up to my expectations. You will make a wonderful keeper of this gauntlet. So as I'm standing over him with my arms around his head like a sweeper hole, mm-hmm. I'm just pulling and pulling and just little bit by little bit, like it's a scene from mm-hmm. God of War. I just pop his head off. Yep, and it like. You hold it, and you realize there's no, like, he's got this helmet, and, like, the nose piece is, like, broken, but there's no, 
flesh within that helmet, and you pop it off, and the the he- like the, the the whole body just collapses and like crumbles into golden dust, and there's just scattered all around. And and I'm picturing those rocks falling on top of us too. Yep, like it's pond tumbling on top of you, and oh, you're just heck. holding on to. And like the the helmet dissolves into dust, and the only thing left is that gaunt is that like armband gauntlet. But it's yours now. I mean, dope. You could sell it, but you don't know if it has any magical power left. You could hold on to it as a trophy, but it is yours now. You have un- you have undeniable proof that you conquered the Hyperion fragment. So give me give me the epilogue. Give me the give me the grand finale. What does it look like for? Goose, after you have you have done this, what? Where are you? Where are you in the future? That can be immediately after. It can be in the distant future. So, as I uh, as I collect my winnings, I head back to the mausoleum. During all the all the chaos, I go up to the guy who hired me, and as I'm wiping the blood from my nose, I'm just like, okay, pay up. I'm picturing he's completely awestruck, mm-hmm. like, what in the world happened? And I just passed it off, like, yeah, people tried to crash your thing, like, come on, I, I earned my money, I want my money, pay me now. Okay, uh, yeah, alright, all I mean, yeah, fine, and you notice that the two ghosts are there just, like, sipping punch, and everyone, like, people are chatting, like, did you hear about, uh, did you hear about Martha's college application? It was honestly incredible. She had the greatest essay, and they're just like, I'm just... I'm so happy that she's doing well. I'm happy that she's going into business because, like, there was talk of her taking a year off for a little while. Does she have a boyfriend yet? She does not have a boyfriend yet. She's, but it's fine. She's, she's, she's working on her right now, and which is fine because the last few years have been rough on her. Does she have a girlfriend yet? She's had a few flings, but we'll accept her either way. We just don't want her to be alone. Is she eating enough? She's working. She's eating plenty. She's just, and it's just on and on and. Their work, you know, they go through, you know, you, you see them and they're just like fitting in and you get your money. You've got the gauntlet. And I think we just watch you walk off into the sunset. Yeah, I, I picture I walk off into the sunset. Uh, I picture that after defeating the daemon, that this thing's kind of, this thing doesn't have any power mm-hmm. left. And once again, just trying to find my own sort of peace. Yep. Picturing an epilogue of me just sitting watching the sunset. Still just bandaged up, mm-hmm. looking like a hot mess. Yep. Just drinking what is left of that disgusting punch. Yep. You've actually figured out how to make a really good cocktail out of it. Like, you figured out just the right alcohol that it actually yeah, yeah, worked yeah. out pretty... It's actually a pretty good... You, you realize it's probably supposed to be a mixer, and they just were drinking it straight. And yeah, we get that long shot, and we, you, you have the gaunt... You're probably... Pan out. Yep, and you're wearing the gauntlet, and that's game. That is Scarlet Heroes. That was super fun. I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> oh, whiffing on kicking in the junk. <laughs> I was so happy that you whipped that. That was good. Travis, thank you for coming on Party of One. This was a delight. <laughs> thank you so much. So, uh, real quick, where can people find you and your work online? You can find me uh Twitter, Instagram, Travis underscore Huckabee. You can find a Facebook page of mine. You can like me there. Uh, you can find me regularly with Chikara Pro. Uh, that is at Chikara Pro. You can find our website. You can watch me. Uh, any of the matches I've had there on Chikaratopia. There's a handful of my matches with other places up on YouTube. Uh, you can see me around. All right. I've got a public email on my Twitter. You can contact me there. That's it. Fantastic. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. And I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future, me. Thanks, Bass Me. And thanks again to Travis for coming onto the show. That game was a delight. Like I said, if you're in the Philadelphia area, be sure to come out this Saturday at 3 p.m. to the Chikara Wrestle Factory. That's 4711 Wingate Street in Philadelphia. For Chikara's It Came From Beneath the Sink to watch Travis challenge interim champion Dasher Hatfield for the Chikara Grand Championship. I'd say to cheer him on, but he's kind of a jerk in the ring, so you'll probably end up booing him. It's fine. You can also like his Facebook page at linked in the show notes for updates on all of his upcoming wrestling dates. You can also follow him on Twitter at Travis underscore Huckabee, where he posts a wrestling promo every single day. And honestly, he's very good at it. Again, that's Travis underscore Huckabee on Twitter. 
Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Then slide on over to Facebook and like the show at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash partyofonediscord. Talk to us about wrestling, the show, all the things that people talk about in a given day. That's bit.ly slash partyofonediscord. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, giving us a shout out on social media, or just telling a friend. Any of those things help new listeners find the show. It helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. I cannot believe that I did this with a head cold. You can also consider backing our Patreon at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Patreon backers get access to bonus materials, mini podcasts, and interviews, and Patreon dollars help pay for equipment fees, hosting costs, all the little things that keep the lights on. If you listen to this episode and you thought, I really wish I had like 45 minutes to an hour more a week of Jeff talking to one other person about role-playing games, have I got the podcast for you. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener prompt, spin it into an original fantasy character, and populate a shared universe along the way, one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you're interested in coming onto the show, whether you are a podcaster, game designer, professional wrestler, see, I'm not kidding when I say that. Sometimes I have wrestlers on, and it's kind of great. Writer, actor, comedian, musician, film critic, kaiju, financial guru, or you just love a good role-playing game, email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. I will say the next few weeks are going to be tough to find Party of One recording times because I'm doing a lot of other podcasts, but like email me now and we'll get something on the calendar for like late October, early November recording date. It'll be great. I promise. And real quick before we wrap, I just want to issue one more reminder. October 16th, Third Act Publishing, Jeff Stormer, Mission Accomplished, the RPG of Super Spies and Office Meetings. Mark your calendars, because it's really good. It's a really good game, and I really can't wait for you to have it and to be able to play it. I'm so excited. Mark your calendars. October 16th, Mission Accomplished goes to Kickstarter. I hope that you'll help back it on day one. And that is it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.